We've been in this amazing series about uh, the heroes of the faith. Uh, three weeks ago, we talked about Enoch, how he walked closely with God and passed his faith on uh, to future generations. Um, great-grandfather of Noah, who we talked about two weeks ago. And Noah, of course, built a boat, a uh, pretty famous boat called an ark, and uh, saved his family. And uh, again, uh, the story of great faith um, there. And then last week, Rahab. Um, so uh, another beautiful story of faith. Rahab was able to save her family as well and heard uh, the voice of God and what God worked through her in amazing ways because of her faith. Now today, oh, I'm just excited to share with you this story of, are you guys okay? This thing's a little bit in the way. Sorry if I messed you up doing this, Ben, but I'm moving that back a little bit. All right. <laughs> cool. Um, Gideon. His story is in Judges 6 and 7. So if you brought your Bible, go there, although you probably can't see it because it's kind of dark in here. Um, but the words will be on the screen behind me. So Judges chapter 6, verse 1. The people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian seven years. God loves them too much to let them continue in this life of sin and separation from him. So God gave them over to their enemy so they would realize that life without God is terrible. So they would come back to the Lord. So they'd feel so stuck in their sin that they would just seek a way out of it. This is not the life I want. <laughs> I need to turn my back on this life of sin and pursue my life with God again. Verse 3, the Midianites devour the produce of the land. They leave no sustenance in Israel, no sheep or ox or donkey. They come like locusts. They lay waste to the land. So the people, they work so hard, but it never works out. They grow these crops. The Midianites come and steal their crops. They raise cattle. The Midianites come and steal their cattle. It's just an awful situation. Israel was brought very low because of Midian, and the people of Israel cried out for help to the Lord. Finally, finally, they're like, they've had enough. Okay, God, you win. <laughs> you win. Help. Help. Have you ever gotten to that point where it's like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm done trying to do this my way. I'm done trying to leave God out of the equation. God, help me. <laughs> because I can't solve this problem. Uh, well, that's what they're dealing with here. Verse 7, when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, what did the Lord do? The Lord sent a prophet to the people of Israel. Sometimes people wander so far from God, they wonder, have I drifted too far? Does God give up on me? Does God have enough patience to, to actually listen to my prayer? The answer is yes. God is so patient, so understanding, right? So God hears their cry, and God actually responds to them. He says this, I led you up from Egypt, brought you out of slavery. I delivered you, but you have not obeyed my voice. 
They had it made in the shade. All they had to do was move into this promised land that was beautiful, a gift from God. They just had to avoid all these false gods, these, these, this idolatry, the, the Baal and the Asherah poles and the, all the, the evil worship that was happening. Just avoid that stuff and just follow me. Just obey my plan for your life and it's going to be good. But they didn't. They chose gods of the culture instead of the God of creation. But God still has a plan to rescue them. Verse 11, the angel of the Lord came while Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. Gideon is trying to just survive. He's secretly trying to save his crop from the Midianites so they don't find it. He has no hope of fighting against the Midianites or defeating them. He's just trying to hide his harvest of wheat so that his family can eat. Gideon is in survival mode. He's living in scarcity instead of abundance. He's walking in fear, not faith. Made me kind of look at my own life and say, am I walking in fear or in faith? Well, Gideon's walking in fear. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. Really? Mighty man of valor. Hiding away in his wine press secretly, trying to harvest his wheat. First of all, you're not alone. Look at the text there. God comes to him and says, you're not alone. The Lord is with you. You haven't been abandoned by God. I know it might feel sometimes like you're abandoned by God, but God has not abandoned you. The other thing we see here is that God sees him as a brave, mighty man of valor. And we know that he's not. Right? But here's the cool thing. God looks at us right where we are. And he sees who we are in this moment, but he also sees who we are becoming. God looks at us and he sees all the potential. And God is not limited by time like we are. So God can look at my heart and my life and all the struggles and all the doubts and all the questions and God can look at me and say, mighty man of valor, because he sees the potential in me and he sees where I'm heading. That's beautiful. He sees all of us that way. Well, Gideon said to him, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us. Gideon's like, I've heard the stories. I, know, I grew up hearing all these stories. God did this, God did that, and the song we just sang about, God parting the sea and getting us through. Yeah, I've, I've heard it. That happened a long time ago for Gideon. But where I'm at right now, I'm wondering, where's your mighty deeds, God? Where's your presence in my life? Well, the Lord has forsaken us. 
And the message to Gideon is this, the Lord has not forsaken you. Actually, the people, my people have forsaken me, says God. They brought all this on themselves by their disobedience. Man, we like to point the finger at God when things go wrong and we forget to kind of examine our own life, right? Think about the choices we've made and the reason we're in the situation we're in. Well, that's where Gideon is at here. Look at this question he asks. If the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? Don't we ask that same question sometimes? God, why is this happening? Lord, if you love me, why do you let me suffer? Lord, if you're so good, then why are all these bad things happening? I don't know. Why? Why, God? We, we've heard the stories too, right? We've heard about some miracles. We've heard about somebody else's prayers that got answered. We've heard about healings that have happened. But what about me? What about my life, God? Where are you? Gideon questions God. Gideon has doubts. Gideon has some serious faith questions. Here's a cool thing. Look how God responds to Gideon's doubts. Does he get mad at him? Does he scold him? Bad Gideon. <laughs> no. No, he doesn't discipline him. He doesn't get mad. He doesn't scold. Look how God responds. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you. He's like, Gideon, you're my guy. I believe in you. I know you're struggling to fully understand all this. I get it, but take heart. I am with you. Believe me when I tell you, you truly are a person of great valor, of bravery. There is faith in you that I can see. So go. Move forward in faith. You can do this. You can save my people. And you won't be doing this on your own. I send you, says the Lord to Gideon. When I send you to do something in my kingdom, you go in my power. You go in my presence. You go in my name. I send you. Go save my people, Gideon. Here's how Gideon responds. Um, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest and I am the least in my house. I am the weakest, the, the weakest link, <laughs> the weakest link in a line of weak people. Lord, I know who I am. I'm not hefty, hefty, hefty. I'm wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. <laughs> you, you got the wrong guy, Lord. Verse 16, and the Lord said to him, but I will be with you and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. Gideon, I get it. I get it. Your confidence is very low. I get it. You don't see in you what I see in you, but listen, let me give you two reasons to be confident, all right? One, look at it in the text. I am with you. When I am in you and with you and covering you and 
in this with you? Oh my gosh. Gideon, we can do anything together. Number two, you shall strike as one man. I'm not sending you out there by yourself. You're part of a family. You're my people. This is a church family, right? We're not in it alone. We're not on our own. I'm, I'm sending you out together. We are working together. And Gideon, when my people work out their differences and come together and unite around a purpose, a purpose like restore God's ideal, <laughs> when we get together and we get, have this common purpose, oh my gosh, we can accomplish so much together. So be confident for two reasons. I am with you and you're in this together with others. Gideon responds this way, verse 17. If now I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that it is you who speak with me. He, he needs some confirmation that this is really God. Listen, ha, have you ever thought you heard from God, but you wondered like, oh man, is this just me talking in my head? Or is this really the voice of God? Is it hard to discern sometimes? Yeah, that's what Gideon's dealing with right here. He, he's like, God, I, I can't do something this big unless I know for sure that it's really you. So what does he do? Gideon prepares a, an offering. Um, he wants to make a sacrifice to the Lord. So he gets all his stuff together and he places it on the altar. And here's what happens in verse 21. Then the angel of the Lord reached out the tip of his staff and touched the meat and the unleavened cakes, and fire sprang up from the rock and consumed it. I mean, don't just read that. Think about it. This is incredible. This is a miracle. And, and Gideon sees it happen right before his eyes. Why does God do this? To confirm his presence and affirm his power. Because Gideon needed this, this encouragement, this, this confirmation. Then God gives Gideon his first assignment. Guys, he's, he's not going to send um, Gideon out uh, into, uh, into battle with the Midianites uh, on his first quest. <laughs> he's like, I got a quest for you uh, first. Just, I'm going to give you something that, is not, that won't overwhelm you too much. So here's what he tells him to do. Verse 25, That night the Lord said to him, Pull down your father's altar of Baal. Cut down the Asherah that is beside it and build an altar to the Lord with the stones. Then offer a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah. So an Asherah is a wood, uh, it's a wood structure that pagan worship happened at. The stones, of course, are an altar where pagan worship was, was done. The people are suffering. They've been suffering for seven years. Why? Because... They're worshiping false gods, idols. And they still are at this time. And God says, take these stones that your family and, and my people have used for false worship and use those very stones to build a new altar that will give honor to me. Take the, the wood off of this Asherah pole uh, where evil worship has been used and use that to actually lay the wood on the, on the altar to build a flame to offer this to me. 
Use the sticks and stones that have been misused. Redirect those resources to be used for good. This is where the battle begins for Gideon and God's people. It begins with God's people getting their hearts right. It begins by tearing down the false worship, the idols, the resources that have been given to to wrong things and take those sticks and stones and do something beautiful with them that honors the Lord. Get your hearts right. Gideon, help me get the hearts of our people in the right place. Until that happens, we will not be able to go up against the armies of Midian. Get the people's hearts right. So Gideon did as the Lord had told him. But because he was too afraid of his family and the men of the town to do it by day, he did it by night. Gideon, again, he's afraid. He lacks confidence. Um, His faith is small. Of course, we know that all it takes is a mustard seed of faith. But he doesn't know that yet. (laughs) He's afraid. He's afraid to confront his own family that have turned away from God. He's a farmer. He's not a warrior. But he does the right thing. He does what's right, but he does it at night. (laughs) He's like, he's taking baby steps, but he's obedient. And because he's obedient, something good is coming. But first, something bad is coming. Look at verse 33. Now all the Midianites and the Malachites and the people of the east came together and they crossed the Jordan and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. Here come the bad guys. Coming back again, doing what they've done for seven years. They're going to take all our crops. They're going to take all our food and destroy our homes. Uh, Nothing has changed. Oh, actually, something has changed. Gideon has changed. Look at the next verse. But the Spirit, but (laughs) the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon. Gideon has a new look, he's got a new wardrobe. He doesn't look like he used to look. His family sees a change in him. Gideon has changed. The Spirit of the Lord has come upon him, covered him, anointed him. The old is gone. The new has come. The new Gideon. Gideon is a person that the people of God will follow. Through Gideon, the hearts of the people are coming back to the Lord. Look again at verse 34. But the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon, and he sounded the trumpet, and the people were called out to follow him. Wow. That is awesome. They're following their leader. Why? Because Gideon is clothed in the Spirit. Gideon is anointed by the Holy Spirit. How might people respond to us? If we are truly living a spirit-filled life, if God is, is working in us and through us in such a way that His Spirit moves in the people around us because we're so filled to the fullest measure with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Things are changing. Good things are happening. Gideon said to God, I'm laying a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there's dew on the fleece alone, it is dry 
and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, uh, as, as you've said. At, at first, I was looking at the first part, and I missed those last few words. As you have said. Wait a minute. As you have said. Yeah. God already told Gideon what he's doing. Gideon, I'm going to work through you to save our people. Yeah, I know, I know you said that, but I'm still, <laughs> I'm still struggling with this, God. I, I still need even more confirmation. I know you told me, I know you've clothed me, I know you worked a miracle and like the, you know, all that cool stuff, but I need more. Will you just do this for me? Gideon needs a fleece to increase his faith. When he rose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece, he wrung out enough dew from the fleece to fill a bowl with water. Wow, God didn't just get annoyed with Gideon and say, oh, why is your faith so weak, Gideon? No. God comes through. He does what Gideon needs in order to take steps forward. Then Gideon says to God, um, God, let not your anger burn against me, but let me just speak just one more time, please. Please let it be dry on the fleece and, and then on all the ground let it there be dew. Oh, man, Gideon, you're pushing it. <laughs> really? Still? You need more confirmation from, from God? Now, again, does God get mad at him? Does God say, oh, forget it. I'm not waiting on you anymore. No. <laughs> nope. Look what God does. God did so that night. And it was dry on the fleece only. And on all the ground, there was do. God is so patient. God is so patient with Gideon. God is so patient with us. God understands that life is hard and we just need so much encouragement to keep moving forward in our faith and God gets us. And he's so incredibly patient. I can't believe how patient God is with me as he continues to work in my life. Can you believe? Aren't you glad that God is so patient? That God continues to work with us? Wow. Gideon finally gets enough confirmation to move out with his army. <laughs> this is a big step. This is awesome. The Lord said to Gideon, now he's sitting there with his 20,000 men, 22,000. Uh, Gideon, you've got too many warriors. When do you have too many warriors? I mean, when I used to play Risk, like, there's never too many. Just dump them on there. And sometimes you roll the dice and you keep rolling bad numbers. It's like, no! Uh, we need as many men as we can to win this. No, you have too many warriors. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast that they save themselves by their own strength. Tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may go home. So 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000. So he started with 32,000, 22,000 went home. Why? Because God doesn't want the, us to get all into our own strength and be arrogant. God speaks, we think we said it. God moves, we take the credit. God gives, we forget it. 
all blessing comes from God. All good gifts come from God. Even the faith that we have is a gift from God. Our victory over sin is made possible by God. If life is good at all, it's because of a good God, not because I am good, right? God tells Gideon to send two-thirds of his warriors home. I don't need them to get a victory. Gideon, trust me. Trust me. So Gideon sends all the scaredy cats home. Secretly, he's like, well, I only wanted the brave guys anyway. I got to tell you a story. Uh, I went to a, a bachelor party once that was a paintball battle. This was a, quite a few years back. So all these guys that are in the wedding party and family and, and parents and all, we're all there. We get our masks and our guns, and it's time to choose up sides. So here's what I did, because I wanted to win. I tore off my shirt and said, Shirts against skins, who's with me? <laughs> and all the craziest, most bravest, like, lunatics tore their shirts off. And all the aggressive, crazy guys were on the same team, and we annihilated them. <laughs> Crushed them. So these are the guys that Gideon has. He wants the fiercest, bravest warriors. He's got them. But the Lord told Gideon, um, there's still too many. Divide them into two groups. In one group, put all those who cup water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. In the other group, put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Only 300 of the men drank from their hands. Gideon's force is about to go from 32,000 to 10,000 to 300. Uh, you've probably heard this before, but can you just grasp that? Really? From 32,000 to 300? That's crazy. It makes no sense. But the 300 men are the ones who drink from their hand and keep their heads up, right? Looking for the enemy. They, they drink like dogs and they probably fight like dogs too. It's got, it's got down to the, the 300st strongest, bravest warriors. These are Gideon's 300. Eight centuries before um, Thermopylae's 300. The Spartans, you know, you've probably heard of those guys. Yeah, these are Gideon's 300, and they're awesome. I, I had to think, you know, I had to question myself. Am I one of the first 22,000 that took off and went home? I noticed nobody got up and left, so that's a good sign. That would have been a bad sign if, uh, if, if somebody got up and was like, I'm out of here. This is getting too, too, too much. Am I the one that goes home? Am I the one that sticks around but then still ends up going home? Or am I one of the 300? Am I just all in? All like, I'm yours, God. I have faith to do what you call me to do, and I'm all in. Mm. Well, they're fighting against a mighty horde. Look at this. Verse 8, the Midianite camp was in the valley just below. Gideon is on a ridge, and he's looking down. Now, you know, sometimes we read through a story like this so quickly, we just don't put ourselves there. But can you put yourself there next to Gideon? And you're looking down at this valley that's filled with 
with people. Later on, it says it's like, it's like locusts. It's like sand on the seashore. That's how vast this army is. And now he's whittled down to 300. And he's looking. How does it, how does it feel in that moment? Is it hopeless? Does it seem impossible that 300 could take on all that incredible, mighty force? When have you faced a situation in your life where the challenge was so great you just didn't see a way out? There, maybe it's a health issue or a, I don't know, whatever. Something probably came to mind for you already. Some situation that was so difficult, so overwhelming, so challenging that you're just like, wow, I know I believe in a good God and He's awesome and powerful and all that, but I don't see a way out of this. There's no way. Maybe you have something like that going on right now. Do you believe in a God who can take on a mighty horde with 300 and deliver a victory? Do you believe that God can bring victory to your life no matter what you face? I do. I believe. That night the Lord said, Get up, go down into the Midianite camp, for I have given you what? Victory over them. God promises to give a victory. Now Gideon and his men will have to fight. I mean, God's given them the victory, but they still got to be involved. They can't just sit around and receive the victory. They've got to, what, get up and go down? Those are some strong verbs. Those are some strong actions to take. What is God calling me to get up and go do? I got to do my part, and that's my act of faith in it, but God is the one who gives the victory, right? Here's the thing. Gideon is still a little bit scared, and God sees it. God knows it. God knows his heart. Look what God says to him. If you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant, Pura. Listen to what the Midianites are saying, and you will be greatly encouraged. Then you will be eager to attack. Gideon is not eager to attack. He's actually hesitant. Gideon is afraid, but God is so good and understanding. And he accounts for that fear, and he gives Gideon a way to be encouraged. Wow. Again, I'm just reminded in the story of how patient God is and how good and understanding our God is. When our faith seems small, God knows Gideon's faith is still forming. Again, he's got a faith the size of the mustard seed and he doesn't think it's enough, but God knows it is enough if he will just take some steps. So he, he, he's going to do it, but he needs some encouragement. Look what he's up against. I would be afraid too. <laughs> Look at verse 11. The armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east had settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts. Their camels are like grains of sand on the seashore. Too many to count. Yeah, uh, you've probably had a moment in your life when you're just like, uh-uh, it's too, this is too much. I can't take this. God, there's no way. Well, that's how he feels. There's no logical way to survive this. But Gideon takes God up on his offer to give him some encouragement. So, so Gideon sneaks down the mountain to the edge of the camp 
where all the Amalites, yeah, Amalekites, and the Midianites are camped. Here's what happens. Gideon crept up, just as a man said, I had this dream, and in my dream a loaf of barley bread came tumbling down into the Midianite camp, and it hit a tent and turned it over and knocked it flat. His companion answered, your dream can only mean one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite victory over Midian and all its allies. So suddenly, Gideon gets the confirmation that he needs in a dream of this enemy and an interpretation from his enemy. Wow. God is so good. God just gives Gideon exactly what he needs. How does, how does Gideon respond? When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship before the Lord. Then he returned to the Israelite camp and shouted, Get up! For the Lord has given you victory over the Midianite hordes. I love I love that Gideon first worships. Because I know, you know, when God tells me to do something, I, I can be excited about that and I want to just get going on it. And sometimes it's tempting to just bypass the whole prayer part, the whole worship part. In fact, sometimes when I get up in the morning, uh, especially on a Monday morning when I want to get started on next week's sermon, and I'm like, oh, let's dig into this next story. God, I want to see what you're going to show me. And I want to just skip and go right to that. But I know what I need to do. What I need to do is get on my knees by the fireplace and I need to pray and I need to worship. I need to bow down and worship God and start my day there. If I don't start my day there, it just never goes right. Have you noticed that? We need to do what Gideon did. Start by bowing down and worshiping. And then take off and do your day. May our response be the same. Well, look what happens then. He, uh, he gets, after he worships, he goes to his people. And he says, get up. Okay, now is time for action. Let's do this. God has given confirmation. And God is going to, he uses this same phrase again, give us victory. When you give something, like, you do it. You make it happen. God is going to make the victory happen. But we still have to get up and follow through on what God calls us to do. So what, is, what do they do? He divided the 300 men into three groups and gave each man a ram's horn and a clay jar with a torch in it. I try to imagine how this goes over with his soldiers, you know. With his 300, rah, yeah, let's go. What's this? <laughs> a clay pot? A torch, a ram's horn. I don't play any instruments. I'm a fighter. Give me my sword. Nope. This is what you're going to use against the enemy. I would have had a different plan. I'd choose something that I know I can do, right? I, I want a sword in my hand in that situation or a paintball gun. <clears throat> do you believe that God knows what's best? Do you have faith in a God who, when he tells you what to do, you'll do it, even if it doesn't make sense? That's what the 300 have to come to here. Will we follow God's plan, or are we just going to pick up our swords and do our own thing? Then Gideon said to them, keep your eyes on me. When I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. Man, this is strong leader. Gideon is 
Gideon, this guy who's scared, doing wheat in his wine press, suddenly has risen to the occasion, and he is a strong leader. He doesn't just say, do as I say, not as I do. You know, have you ever heard that? Um, I don't care if I'm not living this way. I'm telling you, this is what you have to do, so do it. No, he's like, do as I do. Watch me. I'm doing what God told me to do. You guys watch me, and we'll be together in this. Uh, It was just after midnight, after the changing of the guard, when Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the Midianite camp. What do they feel right now? Fear? Faith? Some kind of mixture? Seriously, with that horde? I want to be like Gideon's 300, defying the odds, moving out anyway, getting up at midnight to do what God wants me to do, moving forward through the fear, putting my faith in God's plan for me, expecting God to move, expecting God to work a miracle, seeing how God is at work around me, and jumping in and getting involved. Suddenly they blew the ram's horns and broke their clay jars. They held the blazing torches in their left hands, and the horns in their right hands, and they all shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon! Notice they're shouting about swords, but they're not holding one. What do they have? they got a torch in the left hand, a horn in the right hand. They're not holding their swords. They're completely vulnerable to this huge horde of soldiers in the camp in front of them. Man, that takes faith, right? They are being obedient to do what they know God is calling them to do, even though it's scary. That's faith right there. That's beautiful, faithful obedience. Each man stood at his position around the camp. They knew what they were called to do, it, do and then they, they do it, right? They stood and they stayed in position. They didn't run away, and they didn't charge either because God didn't tell them to do either of those things. They stood where God had positioned them to stand. Each man stood at his position around the camp. And here's another key verb, and watched as all the Midianites rushed around in a panic, shouting as they ran to escape. When the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. Again, this is faith in action. They stand and they watch. Sometimes the best thing to do is just to stand there and watch what God can do. To see where God is at work in my life, in my community, in my neighborhood, in my family. To watch, to be watchful, to see how God is at work and, and, then, and then to get involved in what God is doing. Instead of forcing things out of fear, Pausing in position when I'm, I know I'm in the position God has called me to be. That is what brings victory. Not my grip on my sword, but my trust in the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we are, wow, so encouraged by this story. Lord, thank you for Gideon. Thank you that he's 
kind of like us, um, that he's struggles, he has questions, even doubts, that he needed so much along the way. Lord, that's kind of how we are too. Lord, we're so glad that you understand, that you're so patient with us. That when we come to you with our questions, that, that you, you patiently help us along. Lord, we want to take steps, steps of faith. Help us to take steps of faith just like Gideon did. Lord, we want to stand in the place that you've called us to stand. And we want to see, we want to watch, be watchful so that we see how you are at work around us. Lord, even when something is overwhelming, Lord, we express to you now in this moment that we believe in you. Jesus, I trust in you. I trust in you. Lord, I believe in your plan and that it's best. So I place my life in your hands. God, I surrender my own plan to you and instead I, I, I want to do what you call me to do. Lord, I want to tear down these false uh, places of, of worship in my life and I take those stones that I built doing wrong things and I want to instead build something beautiful for you that honors you. Lord, I want to tear down the sticks that hold up a, a, an idol worship in my life and instead just throw them on an altar to burn as sweet incense to you. Lord, I give my life in surrender to you. Jesus, we want to thank you in this moment that you went to that altar for us, that, that there were two sticks and you allowed your body to be raised up on that cross. And you died for us to get us the victory, Lord. Thank you. You have been victorious over death and over sin. And you offer us that gift. Lord, I open my hands to receive it. I, I, I receive this victory that comes from you. I recognize that you did all the work. I, I recognize my job is just to open my hands and receive it. And so I do that now. In Jesus' name, amen.